Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Today is April 27th, 2014. That's late at night, actually, on a Sunday night. Uh, this is episode number 179. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, my brother-in-arm. It the Lord of Location. As- yes. Yes, that is me. Um, no. Uh, it's Asif Khan. Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. It is Sunday night. Yes, the Raptors have just <laughs> won the game minutes ago and tied the series, bringing the uh, home court advantage back to Toronto. Here we go. Uh, so if you're, I mean, you're, it's Monday morning and you're listening it's to a spoiler. this. spoiler. You're, Tor- you're in Toronto. We're back in this thing, people. It's a spoiler. All these people now that listen are like, no, I was going to... Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. And if you're in Ottawa, we have no sporting updates because none of our teams, professional teams, are in any kind of playoffs doing anything good. Hey. Yeah. Asif, how was your week, man? Week was good. I yeah. spent, uh, you know, the bulk of it in Texas, uh, the great state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Dallas uh for a couple quick meetings and then uh, over to austin uh got to spend some time at uh, mccombs university uh school of business doing a lecture there and that was fun and got to meet the uh, the next generation of uh, location aware minded people and uh aware minded so people nice yeah so that, that was good um uh, we had a, we had a good chat and um yeah it was it was good yeah, well, I, I mean, I am, I am uh, working on very little sleep. I am. Uh, it's late at night on Sunday night. I just, I got back early this morning after taking the uh, red eye, which it sucks. Just like, red eyes suck. There's nothing good about the red eye, but I took the red eye home from uh, Las Vegas, where I was actually a speaker at BuzzCon, which is put on by the fine folks at BuzzTouch.com, which is an open source project with this incredible, incredible community helping people make better apps. Um, and I, I just had an amazing time. It was a small group. Uh, they were jammed in. They were so welcoming of me. They embraced me like a brother. And uh, I really felt welcome there and, and uh, you know, spoke my heart out, educated a little bit about, you know, crafting the mobile experience, but more so uh, spreading the gospel of my religion, which is Bruce Springsteen. It was the greatest thing ever. Is that, And I think I got a convert in one of the guys there. He's a, he was a British guy who had never heard of Born to Run. And I scolded him. I scolded the man. But uh, I had a really, really amazing time at BuzzCon. And I want to thank David Book, who is the CEO of BuzzTouch. Uh, and just an amazing, amazing guy, an inspiring guy to, to be around, definitely. And, uh, you know, I want, to sh- see, uh, I want to see much more of him and much more people going to BuzzTouch.com. And uh, the people that I met there were just so great. So I want to give a hello to uh, Stephen and uh, Warren. Thank you guys for hosting me there. And Keith... Uh, I think that David actually called you a leprechaun, and uh, you're definitely not. It was a real pleasure to meet you and Trish and Andy and Jim, Brian, Derval, uh, Victor, Emmanuel, and Sharon. And actually, Sharon is uh, Sharon Henry. She is actually a patron of ours as well uh, at Patreon.com. Right. And she, uh, it was just great to see all these people, meet all these people, and uh, I was so uh, so overjoyed uh, to be there and to be a part of it. So thank you guys for having me, and hopefully there was some value that you found. And if not, well, I found value. So what, what can I say? It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Well worth it. So that was what I did this week. Just a, tri- a quick jaunt into Vegas. Like 16 hours. Yeah. Hey, but you're still here, Rob. And uh, we're doing this. Yes. Yes. We got some great stories. 
stories? We certainly do. We got our 10 great stories. We're going to pull out three of them, of course, and have a longer discussion about that. We've got a great resource of the week. So we might as well kick this off with our top 10 stories to see if you're ready for this. Are you? I'm ready. All right. Our first story. Oh, man, it was just about time, wasn't it? You can't talk about a great company for so long until it is actually acquired. And the company that I'm talking about is Moves. I interviewed Sampo Karjalainen, uh, who is the founder and the CEO of Moves, a, a year ago, May, May of 2013, to talk about what he was doing. Asif and I love this company. And I don't know, I've got a little mix of emotions about this story. But in the continuing trend of Facebook buying every single person on this planet, well, they bought this company called Moves. Uh, this time, uh, I cannot, you know, I, I love the company, so I'm torn. Uh, it is Moves, the Moves app, which we talk about quite often here. And it's uh, pretty much been downloaded, they say, uh, 4 million times. So I don't know if it's the user base that they're after, but that's an astounding number, if you ask me. The app will actually stay alive. It will remain following Facebook's multi-app focus. They look at this. This is one of the things that I love about um, Facebook's uh, strategy now is that they're not trying to integrate all of their acquisitions into one big monolith. What they are doing is letting the companies that they buy stand alone. They did it with Instagram. Uh, they're going to do it uh, with Moves, and they're actually splitting up the big blue app. Anyway, so I like the way that this is doing it. They're doing this. So I have faith I have faith that the integrity of the application will remain and hopefully it will just stay in the app store as an independent company and the data will not be transferred across um, these uh, these two apps. Uh, no numbers were provided. I have a bunch of questions around this to see if maybe you can spend a second. Uh, what happens with the integration with Foursquare? Because that's where Moves gets all of their uh, their data from. And will they be replaced by Facebook Places? And does Move have like this now? They've amassed this massive location database. Is that going to augment uh, what Facebook Place is doing? This is not one of our deep dive stories, but I got to know. What do you think this no, does I to mean, Facebook? For, for me, it's an absolute re replacement with their own stuff. I mean, Facebook's going hard right now and, and long on, on location. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they announced their friends nearby piece, you know, just the other week. Yep. Uh, now they do this, uh, you know, the Moves acquisition. Um, you know, they're they're kind of moving, you know, to collect data from all kinds of different inputs and sources. And uh, and and like I said, they have a very robust location sharing platform now of their own. Yep. They don't need Foursquare. Uh, that's going to be gone uh, in a heartbeat. Uh, and just quick sidebar corollary to this: uh, rumors this week um, coming out uh, that uh, from from Nike's uh, CEO that they're dropping the. Uh, production of the uh, the fit Nike fit band and from a hardware point of view and focusing yeah. so no more hardware from them focusing on software and the the rumor is is that uh, they're uh, they're aligning themselves to uh, to power Apple's uh, coming uh, smartwatch health um, device whatever it might be uh, whatever whatever device that's going to be um, so that would that would be uh, really really interesting to see you know how that plays out. You know, I, and uh, yeah, I heard about it. Uh, I was listening to uh, the Gilmore Gang uh, this afternoon as I was uh, doing some work, and uh, you know what they were saying was quite literally, uh, Steve, that um, uh, they actually showed um, the CEO of Sony what was going to be released from Apple, and he just said, "Okay, we're done. We can't compete with you. We don't have the might. We don't have the. We don't have that capability. So what we'll do is we'll power what what it is that you offer." But I, you know, I, I come back to what, what Facebook has done with here with Moves. Very quickly, 
A summarize of this is that Facebook realizes that they have to be in that game as well. This whole wearable world, and I believe yep. that Moves has a has a great opportunity to replace these. You know, this is not the only thing that you need. You have a smartphone; it becomes your wearable device, and Moves is right at the forefront of that. Fascinating times ahead for these companies. Sampo, if you're listening to this, I sent you a note. My Congratulations on this. Couldn't have happened to a better company, better guy. And as I said, I believe that Facebook will hold the integrity of that application true. If it doesn't, uh, I'm done with it. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm hoping because I love, love, love moves. We have since the first time we tried it. There you go. Yeah, moves. All right. Going to Facebook. Okay, our second story is about a company called Storefront. Uh, that's one word. Um, and uh, they raised a bunch of money this week. They raised uh, $7.3 million, led by Spark Capital. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other people in this. Uh, Great Oaks Venture Capital, 500 Startups, uh, David Tish's Box Group, Sandhill Angels, and a bunch more. So Storefront's an interesting uh, play. This is all about uh, the idea of you know looking at um, underutilized or unutilized um, retail space uh, and and making that available to people in in an online marketplace. Uh, you know to to retailers who are looking for space for pop up stores. Uh, so it's kind of a bit of a matchmaking service. Uh, we've talked about these kinds of things before, and we'll go a bit deeper on that uh, in our deep dive section later on. Very cool. Wow, I can't wait to talk about that. Got my own thoughts, of course, just a few. All right, our third story here is that, uh, you know, Google has this thing called Glass. Um, and uh, back in January, they announced this, um, I, I don't know, it was a prototype soft contact lens that has been outfitted on a microscale computer chip, a sensor, and an antenna. And it is actually, you know what it is? It's a contact lens. So instead of wearing this bulky thing that I think is ridiculous, looks ridiculous, mm -hmm. um, and is completely intrusive and uh, alienating, uh, now they're going to put it right on this little contact lens. So uh, it, the technology is amazing. Once every second, this, the sensor monitors the glucose levels. Now, the whole idea here is that they're actually doing this, this lens really to begin with to find out if you are going to uh, looking for diabetes, right? For monitoring diabetes. Yes. So uh, it monitors the glucose levels in the tears of your eyes. Like that is in that that to me is insane, right? So this was announced in, in January. Once they get the glucose readings, it transmits to your Bluetooth through, via Bluetooth. Um, I was just going to say, like, it, it probably just does a retinal scan, but it, it, it transmits uh, to the wireless device, and then you can send it off to your doctor, and eventually it'll just do it automatically. But uh, at the same time, they announced this. Uh, Google is also working. They just came to light that they're working on a, a contact lens with an integrated camera that actually allows people to see a little bit more. Um, so it helps with people with uh, visual uh, disabilities in order to be able to augment that vision. This is a pretty uh, absolutely incredible technology. We are going to talk a little bit deeper about what the impact is, what the implication is this, and does this make us all perverts? Because they're talking about actually having uh, something that does zoom on the contact lens so that we don't need to wear binoculars anymore. It's a big, long conversation Crazy. on privacy. But uh, so Google is integrating cameras into the contact lens. They're already doing this to do, um, to do a monitoring of glucose levels for diabetes. And now uh, flat out camera. Is this the next stage of Google Glass? We're going to dive right into this uh, in one of our featured stories. All right, and our four stories about a company called Pulsate. Uh, it's P-U-L-S-A-T-E. Uh, this is about a new um, location-based beacon uh, marketing platform. Uh, and obviously, we've talked a lot about beacon platforms here. Uh, this is a cloud-based platform. So basically, all of the content that the beacons are, are pushing out are, are cloud-managed um, and down to some very finite, uh, finite um, 
levels of detail. One of the interesting things I, I noticed about this that uh, is a little bit different than some of the other beacons that we've seen out there is, is not only can the retailer segment uh, personalize the communications that the beacon's pushing out to um, consumers uh, that might be in, in the store interacting with it, but the consumer can actually respond. Uh, yeah, through this platform as well, so, and that's kind of an interesting uh, play, or or maybe a consumer can actually uh, not only respond but push push messages of their own, uh, saying, "Hey, you know this, leave me alone, uh, leave me alone. This, this bathroom's out of toilet paper. You know, like, <laughs> can, can you come fix that? Um, that you know, so this could be interesting. Um, I like it. I like that it's cloud based. Um, um, anyways, the company's called Pulsate, and uh, they're out of uh, Ireland, I believe. So, Patrick, if you're listening, the CEO, uh, I'll be over there in, uh, in, I don't know, six, seven weeks. Uh, be great to meet up. No kidding. Well, I read that they were actually doing some uh, testing, rolling out this platform with Heineken. Um, yes. And, and so is the idea that they would work with the retailers or they would work with the brands inside of those shops to be able to communicate or both? That's a good question. And that, that's a much deeper discussion, uh, you know, about sort of who, who ultimately owns the communications channel uh, in, in these stores. Is, is it the is it the re retailer who has the real estate or is it the brand who has the product in the store? And uh, and it's a battle. It's yeah. a battle that's heating up. And uh, I, I talk about it almost every week now on when I'm out, you know, wherever I am uh, and it comes up. So. Anyhow, uh, Pulsate uh, from Ireland. Check it out. Very cool. All right, our fifth story. Hey, hey, did you know that China is a huge freaking market for mobile payments? Did you know that, Asif? Really? Ah. No idea. Yeah, like it's just a small, small, small country, right? Uh, but they are huge into mobile payments, like $1.6 trillion in transactions in 2013. That's kind of huge. Um, and now we've all talked about this company called Baidu, who is, uh, they are the equivalent to Google of, uh, of China, right? When it comes to searching, they're jumping into the game, which is already dominated by Alibaba's Alipay. Uh, if you've ever listened to a mobile minute, we talk about Alipay all the time because this, this company has 50% of the market share, does 25,000 mobile transactions a minute. And they Crazy. do about $3.3 billion a year in transactions. So they own China right now. They have an incredible number of users already registered with the system. And now, so it's Baidu is coming into this space, maybe a little bit late, but they've come in with something called the Baidu Wallet. And uh, and it's going to come online in April, and it's going to offer the standard stuff of interbank transfers, online purchases, and even utility payments. It's going to offer what they say is the lowest transaction cost, uh, as well as an SDK to developers to integrate this into their own applications for payments. Um, now, in order to be able to drive new users, they are spending $160 million on discounts and coupons that give users cash discounts at certain retailers. Now, if they use the application, obviously. And also, they have all these other services like their music pay buying service and all the other ones. And if you use their wallet system to buy from them, you also get discounts at other retailers. So they're going hard into this, and rightly so. There's 50% of the market that is up for grabs, and you've got Alipay that is dominating right now in a market that is so freaking big that uh, will it be able to sustain this? And what There's just so many users there. I mean, the one, one thing quickly that just jumped out at me when I read this article was... You know, so Baidu apparently has fourteen apps that yeah. you know various things. They've got a map. They've got they've got they're a Google. mapping app. They're they've Google, got, right? or whatever. And and each of these maps, yeah, they're, they're like a Google. Yeah. And each of these apps has at least every one of them over a hundred million downloads. Each of the fourteen apps, not like collectively, like each of them has at least a hundred million users. That's insane. 
And now they're turning on transactions, and then they're going to turn on commerce, and then they're going to yeah. pretty much own. Yeah. Crazy. Anyhow. I wonder right. what the overlap is there. there. It's not 100 million people that are using the same apps, and they're they're all different apps, but this is that's how big this market is, and that's how far behind this conversation in Vegas. That's how far behind North America is compared yeah. to the these these emerged economies like China with huge populations. China, India, and Africa. It's crazy what's going on there. So that's Baidu. The Baidu wallet will be out in April. For those of you who can use it, I bet you will. 160 million, 161 yeah. million dollars in discounts funded by the company. Oh my God! It's like my bar tab at the at the club. Hmm. All right, Baidu. You're a high roller, Rob. I am rolling. Let's go. Rolling to number six. All right, Terrible. our sixth story is about a uh, a product uh, called the Bleem Card, B-L-E-A-M-C-A-R-D, um, and uh, that's the name of the company as well, Bleem Card. Um, it comes uh, from, uh, uh, sorry, my apologies, the company's called Ubleem. Uh, the product's called Bleem Card. Uh, this is a company that's based in... I don't know uh, if that's Toulouse. any better, though. Ubleem? Huh? Ubleem. Uh, it's, it's a company based out of Toulouse, France. Um, and uh, what they're trying to do is basically reinvent the business card. Uh, you know, they're coming c- coming at it looking and saying, well, you know, all these business cards that we collect at shows, like, uh, I don't know, let me grab one here that's sitting on my desk. How about this one? Bloomingdale's. There we go. Everybody see that? Yes. Yeah. Bloomingdale's. Bloomingdale's business card. Okay. Um, so they're saying, you know, business cards are a thing of the past. You know, they're they're going to fade away into history. Everything is going digital, but there's still a need for you know, you know, the traditional business card today. So why don't we kind of look at ways to blend these things together? Let's bring dig- digital and traditional together. Let's create an augmented reality business card. Um, and so, um, so this is what they're doing. Um, you know, I, I have a tough time with this one, to be honest with you. Um, y- y- there's yeah. a lot of different things you can do to kind of get contact information and, and, uh, and transfer this stuff together. You know, your old, your old buddy, uh, from bump, you know, yeah. Yeah. uh, I, I think would, would have a laugh at a story like this, Rob, yes. but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I've got, I, I use a traditional business card. I still hand one out. But for me, there's value in that, in the physicality of the act of, you know, passing something over. You know, passing something over and then having somebody go do a bunch of work to extract information from it, I don't know. You know, I have a tough time with that. But what they want you to do is there's a marker here uh, on the card. The marker activates, you know, whatever you want, contact information, uh, a, a 3D, you know, pop-up of yourself, a like Princess Leia. Uh, you know, a video, you know, whatever you want. I mean, it's, it's, it's a full AR sort of activation, you know, capability layered on top of a business card. The Bleem card. Good luck, Bleem. This is a terrible idea. Yeah. I'm, this is I'm, a terrible idea. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. You know, what we're trying to do is, is remove friction and not add friction and confusion. Yeah. Like if, this, if all Bleem did was put my Twitter handle down, just print a Twitter handle on my card, that, that would be more innovative than what they're doing. They're just trying to throw technology at something that is, is, has no need for technology. Yeah. Anyhow. Well, all right. Bleem card. On to our seventh story, Rob. Okay, well, yeah, talking about, uh, you know, I, I don't know that uh, Bleem, you Bleem, talked to a customer about what they were trying to do here because the customer would say, are you out of your mind? And I think that Zaxxis, our seventh story, talking about, uh, you know, some of the s- same things 
Um, I wonder if they talk to their customer. And what they've done is they've announced their multi-screen advertising technology service called, hey, Zaxxis Sync. And it allows advertisers to deliver uh, coordinated ads on viewers' mobile devices at the same time that the commercials are playing on television. Asif, I don't know about you, but this is exactly what I've been waiting for all my life. <laughs> when I'm watching an ad and I'm trying to avoid watching an ad and I, and I turn to my device, which is my companion, my first screen, and I get the ad on that screen. It's like genius between the I love that. Yeah. That is not you what- You can't any, get away, Rob. It is not what any consumer on the planet has said. So uh, this is a very, very, very focused effort on the advertiser. So, you know, the technology behind this, I don't knock the technology, it's great technology. I just don't think this is well thought out. I, you know, it's an interesting play because the advertiser doesn't realize, they realize that they're losing the person to the, the small screen, but but they, there's a reason for that, is that your ads suck, right? And I don't wanna see it, but I, there has to be a better way to do this. So the, the technology behind this, I cannot fault. This is amazing technology. It syncs existing oh, video. Is unbelievable. Well, it, it like syncs the video, uh, you know, existing video identification. Uh, it, it uses this uh, to to capture and analyze metadata about television spots airing on more than two thousand channels across the globe. And when a spot runs, Zaxxis is able to use the metadata as a trigger to deliver complimentary ads on viewers' smartphones, laptops, or tablets within two seconds after the start of the TV ad, which is awesome. But I just realized that now I'm going to have to put down my smartphone and I guess I'll have to go back to channel surfing when the ads are on. Because uh, you know what? You can't follow me when I leave the channel. Uh, it's just an odd thing. I, I, I love the technology. I think this is very cool. I understand why they're doing it. You know what you're going to be doing, Rob? What's that? You're going to be bleaming your card. I'm going to be bleaming my card. That's what you're going to do. That's my new swear word. You're going word. to pick up your card and you're going to be bleaming it. That's my new swear word. To avoid a TV commercial. I'm going to be like, bleem. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, uh, that's a bleeming dumb idea, right? Uh, All right. I, I, I think the technology of this is amazing. I just think that uh, the idea that a consumer wants this or will tolerate this is very low. Um, but you know what? I, I can't knock the technology. Within two seconds, it appears on your on your television. On, you know, from your television, it synchronizes it to the apps that you're using right there on your smartphone. So, uh, you know, Zaxxis, great technology. Ah, maybe a little bit misguided. All right. Our eighth story today is comes from uh, Warsaw, Poland, uh, and it's uh, about the Museum of History of Polish Jews. Um, and what they've done is is they've uh, they've teamed up with a, um, a media art and design group called Pan Generator, uh, and and kind of taken you know sort of the old microfiche uh, world of you know kind of how you can go look at history and. Uh, you know, sort through um, you know, uh, you know, cards basically, and they've created a, si a system of wooden, wooden RFID cards that go inside a special reader. Um, so they're kind of blending this uh, sort of old school technology with new Wood. school uh, experience. And so, um, so you have this special reader that reads these wooden RFID cards, um, and it creates this nine meter long ribbon, uh, as they describe it, made out of two monolithic composite segments in this, um, is, is how they describe this thing. Um, and it kind of, so it brings this tactile experience to kind of looking at stuff that's stored in a, in, in a drawer, um, kind of thing. Um, really interesting way to kind of like discover history and interact with it, um, um, and, and kind of, you know, blend old school, you know, technology and, and very tactile technology in wood, uh, obviously, uh, you know, with very modern way to kind of display it and, and visualize it. Really cool. A little bit of the old, a little bit of the new. 
Yeah. It's like Donnie Marie, right? A little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. There you go. Yeah, this is what happens when Rob doesn't sleep. And do we have a video of that one, Rob? Yeah, it, it, it has been playing. It has been playing right, in the cool. background, which is very cool. Excellent. So, yes. I mean, I can't I can't do justice to what the video can do, the yes. way I describe it. But it's a very, very cool uh, experience. It's something uh, that, uh, you know, if I could get over there, I would I would go see it myself. Well, you should, Steve. Yes. Just jump over there. You got some time. Yeah. Next time I'm in Poland. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, our ninth story looks at uh, Verizon's irrelevant mobile advertising. Now, we all know that carriers track their customers. This is just a absolute given. Uh, they track their location as a way of generating valuable advertising data. This is something that they do. But this new program goes a little bit further. It allows, uh, it, uh, it follows customers' browsing habits, uh, you know, literally web browsing habits to track them from their phones to their computers. So we've always talked about this whole idea of the of the cookie, of the mobile cookie. And here we are talking about a carrier that's trying to marry offline or you know mobile with traditional web. Uh, it works by uh, seeding tracking cookies whenever a customer logs into the My Verizon site, places a cookie. That data is also combined with detailed data on the user's physical movements. Uh, taken every single time the phone pings back to the cell tower for signal. So it tries to marry those two things together. Boom! It's a very highly targeted, highly tailored uh, uh, understanding of who you are. And then all of a sudden you get that kind of that uh, marketing message being pushed to you. And Boku de Bucks come flowing back to Verizon. We're going to be talking about this story and what happens to this around uh, all, you know user data. And is this really anonymous? I just don't, I, I just don't see this as being anonymous anymore. I just don't see it as being anonymous. So we'll have that conversation in a few minutes. Verizon's brand new relevant mobile advertising. It's a terrible name, if that's what they're calling it. Relevant mobile advertising? RMA? Via RMA? Anyway, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. We will. All right. And our final story uh, is about a company called Presence Orb. Um, Great name. And, uh, you know, speaking of anonymous, their goal in life is to provide an anonymized data stream showing where everyone is in real time. And how are they doing this, you say? Well, they're doing this by tracking uh, your proximity to the world's Wi-Fi networks and, uh, and signals and, you know, in a device ID manner. Uh, so no, uh, no, no name data, but uh, by tracking devices and aggregating all that data together and knowing where everyone is all the time. Um, it's an interesting play. Uh, these guys are have been around for a while uh, in various shapes and forms. You might remember Rob and I talked about uh, a campaign many months ago now in London with some recycling bins called Renew that had some this technology built into it. In fact, it was uh, Presence Orbs technology, as I've learned, that powered Renew uh, as recycling bins at the time. And so that's what they're using here. Uh, except they're doing this in a much more overt way, and it's not you know just recycling bins. It's it's listening to basically signals of smartphones anywhere uh, as they come in contact with with Wi-Fi networks. Um, so very very interesting play. Um, we'll see we'll see where this goes. And these guys, you know, they 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 come out this um, you know in a very interesting way too. I, I learned their history uh, prior to even the renew stuff was they were in the home security business. And they were able to, you know, use the same technology to tell you when somebody had had entered your home uh, that shouldn't be there. Um, and uh, so now they're trying to apply it in a in a world of location analytics. Very very interesting stuff. It is. Didn't they get their hand slapped for that whole recycle bin thing? They did. Yeah. 
And, and you know what? I think that it's an interesting play, which is to test the boundaries and test the borders of what is accepted and get your hand slapped versus, uh, you know, asking permission ahead of time. But these guys, very innovative. I, you know, I, I like the idea of the security piece. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's a cool piece. It's a very good idea. I like that much better than this broad thing, which doesn't seem to be able to make any money. Then I like the security piece much better than what than yeah. what they're thinking about here, um, because they're they're talking about using it to apply to see like how many you know how long a wait is there is at a restaurant or how many people are on a bus that's upcoming and you just you know and then you can get into like traffic patterns and understanding the ebb and the flow and and I think this is the this is the wish but it's the carrier's world it's not theirs. Yeah, and there's a lot of people going after this. I yeah. mean, in different ways. Right? I mean, we've talked you know about you know companies like Place IQ yeah. and. You know, place meter uh, that's that's doing this stuff with um, uh, you know camera uh, analytics uh, using public cameras and I mean, there's a whole bunch of ways to do this, and obviously this is one piece to the pie, and and so I think this data is important from a, an advertiser's point of view. So um, we'll see. It, yes. It's uh, it's presence. a noble attempt. Presence or but don't you think they're, when, uh, they're, they're you know they're, they're they're telling people about it this time? Exactly. I think they have to be upfront that's, about it. We're, that's the good thing. We're tracking you, but don't you when you say their name, don't you want it to be like whoa, like this glowing presence, presence, presence or, or, or whoa, yeah. Whoa. Anyways, you know, you know, I, I think about that. Uh, I was watching, um, rewatching all the Star Wars movies with yes. with my son recently, and it's uh, a noble effort. You know, to you, see. Know, you know those little training orbs that the, you know, those little things that fly around when you're learning yeah. to be a, a Jedi, and you gotta like you know that's what I'm thinking of when I think presence orbs. I think of a Mork and Mindy and that orb that they had, that glowing egg thing. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, we're just there old. Yeah. All right. All right. Those are the ten stories that we cobbled together. What do you think? If we missed yours, it's because you didn't tell us about it. Shame on you. If you've got a story that we should be talking about, we should be covering, reach out robinuntother.tv or seif at thelvma.com. We will put it right in here. We will add an 11th. We will replace one of those. We could have knocked out Presence Orb. We could have put yours right in there. Why didn't you tell us? That's your fault. Missed opportunity. Next week, it's old news. We don't care. No, I'm just joking. You can, you can reach out. We'll recycle news. It's fine. Uh, we're going to talk about three of those stories right after I plea with you. Actually, not a plea, because we're starting to get some good momentum around here with about our, our Patreon site. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash untether, you could be like Maylin and Lorenzo, our newest and most loved patrons. They came on and they actually came and became a patron of untether.tv. I always like to say the patron of the arts because what we believe in here is this value for value model. I talk about this all the time is that if you find a little bit of value in this, if you find something that you, you made you think a little bit deeper about your business or actually open your ideas, open your mind to something new, that's value. What we provide is a little bit of value. You can now reimburse us for that little bit of value if you have the ability to do that. If you don't, that's fine. All we're asking for is a buck a month. Some of these people gave us a little bit more. Lorenzo, thank you, buddy. Malin, thank you. Um, it, but you know what? That's what's so great about Patreon. Patreon allows you guys out there to support independent content creators like ourselves. We do this out of the passion of the industry. We love doing this. We love doing it every week. And we've done this for 179 consecutive weeks without missing a single Monday for an episode. Uh, we just love doing it. We're going to do this forever, we hope. Um, and you know what? A couple of bucks a month helps. You might not think it does, but it does. New forever. bumpers. Yeah, forever. Forever. Rob and I are going to grow old in front of you right here. We are. Our kids are going to be like, you what? 2,000 episodes? That's, that's not a legacy, Dad. I'm not going to watch any of that stuff. 
but you guys out there have and we appreciate it uh, so we'd appreciate a little bit of support we're going to do some new bumpers some new openings we've done a bunch of things like that that are actually going to put things uh, we're going to leverage this cash that you give us do more live shows between Asif and I we got some great feedback of our live shows so just reach out go to patreon.com forward slash untether and be like Malin be like Lorenzo give us a couple of bucks float us a couple of bucks get your name in the episode we'd appreciate it patreon.com forward slash untether but if you can't don't worry about it we'll still do this right Asif yeah absolutely we will we'll just we just won't do it with as much heart and passion no that's even a lie I can't even do that all right all right, our three stories that we're going to look at, we're going to talk about Storefront, which has uh, been labeled as the Airbnb for retail, which is very interesting. We're going to look at Verizon. And is this really anonymous, this information that you're giving them, that they're targeting ads to you? Very, very, very direct ads to you. And, uh, of course, we are going to be looking at Google. And uh, this, I mean, I, you know, I don't even know what it is. Bionic Eye. How about we talk about that with the Bionic Eye? Uh, so we're going to start here with Asif's story on Storefront. Uh, you know, I read an article here. They're calling this the Airbnb for retail. They raised $7.3 million storefront. Uh, isn't this just a fancy way of saying this is a consignment store? Like, and they're just basically putting consignment shelves in every retail outlet that will sign up. Is that what this is? That's the first thing I thought about. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, is this a big fact, deal? I mean, it, when you look at it's the type of merchants that are that are embracing this, right? Yeah. I mean, they're going after you know all sorts of small uh, small merchants to participate in this thing. This isn't, uh, hey, I'm Target and I'm looking for a space to Shelf space. you know open up a uh, a store for a week, you know, because I don't have one in that area and I'm trying to get people excited yeah. about it, like they did when they were coming to Canada. This is about you know the local uh, the local merchant you know being able to you know to uh, to find you know a space and open up you know a shop or you know as as they in one article I read you know even like you know a a local artist mm -hmm. you know or a photographer you know all of a sudden says hey you know I, I can't afford my own gallery so I'm just going to go on this thing here and I'm going to find you know a space for a weekend you know to have a show yeah. right um, and that makes sense um, and that, so that's kind of where they're going with this. You know, I, I, I mean, it's only uh, New York and San Francisco that they've talked about, and they're moving up into uh, Los Angeles uh, as well. But this is this is a lot of money to to create uh, pop up stores, um, and you know, take excess shelving, which you know, I believe in that model. We talk about it all the time, but I believe in the Airbnb model of excess inventory. So if you've got an empty shelf, which retailers never do, anyways, if you do, you're going out of business. But say they have extra sh shelves or they have an extra space that is open. You know, I, I like the idea of getting some money for that. But if you are a starving artist, I mean, and you need a place to do a, a, a show, do you, do, you, do you rent somebody's shelf? Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in the matching algorithms from my product to that company yeah. or to that, to that retail location, what the traffic flow is going to be, what the, the difference is. Like I, I was rating that they said for every dollar spent on rent, this is the, um, the person that is renting or, or participating and putting their stuff in the stores, uh, they make $7 in retail sales. Now, that's a good return on investment. Yes. So um, can they sustain this? And, and whole, you, know, you know, they've driven, they said they've generated $40 million in sales uh, and they have uh, a thousand merchants have used the platform uh, to open up a shop in New York and San Francisco and generated $40 million in sales. Those are great, great, great freaking numbers. Um, yeah, it's whether you can scale this, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, they're looking to take this into other cities. I know LA's on the list uh, yeah. I was reading. Um, uh, of where they're expanding to, and it's it's not a unique concept. I mean, we talked maybe 
three, four weeks ago, four weeks ago maybe, about um, something very similar called Spacified, yep. if you remember, uh, which is basically a European version of this. Um, and it was based in Belgium, I believe, or something along those lines. Um, so you can check that one out too, spacified.com um, is, is their URL. And uh, same kind of thing, right? It, it's, you know, there, there's, you know, unused space. Um, and, you know, let's, let's make that available to people and let's, let's see some, realize some value from it as it's just sitting there doing nothing right now. What, what's interesting about this, um, you know, the storefront one is some of the, some of the, um, you know the property owners that have signed up to this thing are interesting. So it says they range from neighborhood shops mm -hmm. to MTA, so like that's the New York Transit Authority subway stops, to uh, W hotels. Um, you know are, are providing space in this as well. So you know there's some pretty interesting, unique spaces here. You know, right? I, I mean, uh, yeah. It, it's it would be interesting if these weren't traditional retailers. So like the W Hotel or the MTA. So that it, say they they looked at their uh, their foot traffic and said you know if we just put a shelf here with somebody's product maybe we can make some money off of this yeah. you know what I mean let's rent that space like you know long before there were kiosks in the mall in the middle of the yep. hallways you know uh, somebody came up with the idea to put kiosks in there once all the stores were full so I think that. Yep. Um, you know, maybe there's an opportunity there where there's where there's traffic. There's an opportunity to do a pop-up store where there was nothing before. And if that's what these guys are doing, that's of interest. That's very interesting to me. Is that forget the getting on the Target's shelf or Walmart's shelf because that's next to impossible. We all know what the trial is to get the the trial to get into uh, onto the shelf. But now I think that maybe there's an opportunity. Is that if you're getting the the foot traffic like the MTA. Um, Maybe there's an opportunity like this where this really does turn somebody who is a nobody gives them an opportunity to spend three days in front of a million people that walk past them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Very now, interesting. Now you've got my attention. All right. Now you've got, now I'm like, this, this is a great idea. If that's what it is, forget creating new stores or being a part of, uh, forget being a part of existing stores, create new stores, pop-up stores. Boom. I like it. Yeah. And we, we've talked about Shopify and what they've done with their Popify, which is to take some of their e-tailers and, and bring them all together in a, in a location and do a physical, you know, three-day sale. Um, and, I, and I like that kind of concept as well. But I really like, if, if that's what these guys are doing, wow, storefront. Yeah. Cool. There you go. All right. Well, what do you think? Do you think that that's what they're doing? Would, would you do that if you had a product and they had the audience, they could find the audience for you, like, you know, at the, at the foot of an escalator uh, right, uh, you know, in, in New York subway? That'd be a good spot to be, I suppose. Maybe not. Huh. All right, that's Storefront. You can go to storefront.com for more information about what those guys are doing. All right, on, on to Verizon. Here, here's an interesting take on this, is that these guys, we've talked about this mobile cookie and trying to transcend that web to, uh, to mobile to physical, that world, right? And then adding enough value to the consumer and the advertiser and the retailer to be able to marry those things. Like, I love the idea of Google. You're doing a Google search to try to find something. You get a deal and that, that physical store sends you a car or pays for your cab to get you to that store. And I think that the, this is that blending of physical, physical, whatever it might be. I think that is is fascinating. And Verizon, we've always said that the carriers have the ability to do this because they understand where you are at every given point in time. They know what you search for because they index that kind of stuff. And I guess now, if you log on to my Verizon's website, they 
implant a cookie, and then whenever you travel on the web, it collects that information, collects where you've been, collects what you're doing, all that kind of stuff, and then at the very moment, sends you a relevant message to be able to get you to buy something. That That's a pretty powerful message. I just wonder, is this something that is actually, it, it loses its anonymity, doesn't it? Um. I mean, you have to think so, right? I mean, because I mean, we're talking about a carrier who's doing this. So not not only does the carrier know your location, um, you know, in in both cases here, from the mobile device or in this case, you know, the My Verizon, you know, web, you know, connectivity piece, but you have a billing relationship, yeah, with them, right? So they know exactly who you are and uh, and what what you're spending, um, you know, with them and and potentially down the road what you're spending with others and adding to your phone bill. Um, so I think this is absolutely a move towards, you know, you know, just collecting more data, becoming more valuable in, in terms of what they can do with that data in terms of from, uh, providing it to advertisers and ultimately opening that up to, you know, what should be, uh, you know, a carrier-based mobile wallet, mm -hmm. right, where ultimately you can just buy anything and just add it to your phone bill. Um, and I think that that will play in a in an online you know web world of you know surfing and and buying you know uh, e-commerce you know type of transactions. You know, can you imagine like you know going on to uh, Amazon or or any site, any retailer's online site, and just you know buying stuff and just say, hey, well, I'll just add that to my phone bill, right? That's doable with this type of model. It's pretty right? powerful. Um, and, and the same thing, you know, from your mobile device wherever you are. Um, you know, as you get, you know, offers based on your location and as you cross inside of a geofence, you know, all the stuff that we talked about before with, um, you know, some of the other carriers like O2 and, and AT&T and others. What's interesting is, is, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to unite the media together as, you know, what I, you know, term location being the new cookie. Um, and, and yet you have other companies like AT&T that we talked about a few weeks ago that are, you know, sort of seem to be backing away. Right. Uh, you know, from 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 the uh, the geo targeted SMS piece with their shop alerts, which they've abandoned for now. They say they'll be back. We'll see. We'll see what that means. Close for renovations. That's what I. That's what I label that, right? Uh, yeah. Hi. Well, they. You know, they just need to go find a uh, a site for a pop up store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While they're down, right? While they're down, they're going total terrestrial. Uh, you know, I look up here in Canada, and we have this. Uh, we have this is this is an interesting play because we have a, a, our carrier up here is also a cable provider uh, in Rogers, right? That's that's yeah. you know the the dominant uh, uh, cell provider up here. So they they do a, a bunch more stuff other than provide cell service, and they also provide phone service. They also provide cable service, and they also provide residential security service, right? So for security for your home, they have a reams of data about you about your consumption habit online your con how how you know when you leave the house when you get home from the house when your kids get home from the house they understand you know what you use your phone for how often you use it all the tracking services that Verizon has as well they have all of that data and you know i must you got to think that that is one of the most powerful positions to be in they have like you know 18 million customers across canada and this is a company that that when you lock in they know absolutely everything about you at that very moment and that data is not separate it is all in one because they give you one big bill at the end they understand everything is itemized and uh they log everything what does that kind of stuff do uh what should that do because when they turn something like this on 
for me, something like that, Rogers doing that would be unbelievably powerful and unbelievably frightening, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 <laughs> yes. it's the ultimate big brother, right? I mean, they 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 have the ability to tap into you know all these different aspects of our lives, right? Um, you know, and um, you know, on the Verizon side, you know, which is who we're talking about here. I mean, remember, this is the same company who you know six months ago we were talking about how they partnered with uh, with Audi. Yeah. And launched a uh, you know a connected car yep. service basically you know go well, buy a new Audi car. and you get it you you get a uh, you know a uh, an LTE plan with your with your car yeah. um, you know so so you know so they got the you know tracking you at the desktop at home they got tracking your phone wherever it is and now they're tracking your car right I mean so they they absolutely if any company believes in what 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 we're talking about here you know about you know location being that cookie I mean Horizon this is does. this is it right here. Let me. Let me. I mean, is that uh, is that their ultimate goal? Is the, is the transition for a company like Verizon? Do you think it is to take all of this data and distill it down to that highly tailored message? Uh, you know, about a retailer, about a discount or a deal. Um, is that their goal now? Should it be their goal? Uh, you know, is that their new business, or is this just another piece of their existing business? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're, you know, the, uh, I think the data business for them is a big business, yeah. uh, and will will be a a growing, you know, uh, revenue line for them, right? But I don't think it, it it's it's the new it's it's the complete, like, you know, it, it doesn't supplant their you know, what legacy gonna, stuff, you know, what they're doing in 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 phone services and everything else. I mean, that's not going away. We still need to call people. Do we? Right. Do we? At the end of the day, we still need to call people. I don't know about we still that. need to buy phones. Yeah. Um, and Verizon is is obviously going to be a player in that. Well, it just so like it raises so many questions, and uh, and we've always said that the termination point. If you've listened to any episodes, the termination point, the most powerful termination point, is the is the company that owns the customer. And I don't care who you are on that service layer. Uh, the carriers own the customer. The credit card companies own the customer. They're the most powerful Absolutely. point, demarcation point for everything. And this is exactly, uh, you know, a, a perfect example of that. It doesn't matter if you're Google. It doesn't matter if you're Facebook. It doesn't matter if you're any of those things. The most powerful point is the carrier. They have all your billing information. They have all your contact information. They know who you are and what you do more so than anybody else on the planet. Even, you know, Apple with 450 or was it 450, 500 million credit card companies on file. Carrier companies know more about you. It's crazy. There you go. Verizon, Verizon, terrible name. All right, though, by we the got way. one more. Yes, take a look at this. Like, what do you think of this whole Google thing around? Um, you know, I, I think that there's a there's a uh, you know a backlash almost uh, around Google Glass. There have been people that have been wearing Google Glass and gotten the snot kicked out of them for wearing Google Glass just because. Um, you know, there have been people you know uh, who defecate. Rob, have, you, have you been Ottawa's Google Glass bully? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just go out there with my bat, right? And I'm like, are you wearing Google Glass? God, you know. But no, I, I think that it's a, like people, have, there's such a, it's a visceral a feeling, right? And even Robert Scoble, who is the biggest Google Glass pimp for an entire year, he said, I'm not taking this off. He's in the shower with it on. I'm not taking this off. He's taking it off and said, you know what? It's not the be-all and end-all. It's not the device that I thought it was going to be. They're not doing what they said they're going to do. And uh, he was at Coachella, and, and uh, there were two guys behind him that said, we got to get away from the glass guy. And they, he thought they were talking about him. 
and uh, that, and they were talking about another guy behind beside him who's filming the whole concert on Google Glass, and and there's a creepiness factor. But now that what they want to do is they want to take the glass and put them right onto your eyeballs, and then you know this is this is an unbelievable opportunity uh, to help with uh, people with impaired vision. But should this, the, I, I, you know, the, the technology is amazing. Um, it, could this come to fruition and will it come to fruition and Google doing this blows my mind. Well, I mean, the, the one thing that, you know, sort of struck me with this story is, is obviously, uh, you, you know, this, this initial foray into contact lenses for them is, is about type two diabetes yeah. sufferers and trying to help them, you know, monitor glucose levels, you know, and then obviously the secondary piece that, that you mentioned is, is, you know, uh, putting integrating cameras and trying to help visually impaired people. Uh, and so what strikes me about, you know, both of those elements of this story is, you know, these companies, whether it's Google or Apple or Facebook, you know, are, are putting a great deal of focus on healthcare. Um, you know, we talked about Apple's health book, you know, the other day, we, mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about moves and, and you know, what, what it does, you know, and, and, and you can look at that as a wearable and tracking people's, you know, health um, and movements and calorie counts and, you know, all that kind of stuff uh, and, and Facebook trying to, you know, understand that piece. Um, so, you know, these things are all coming together, but there's definitely a, um, you know, sort of a shift in some respects from, you know, all the attention being on retail and advertising. And, and, and some of that attention and some of that investment and that dollar now moving to, um, you know, to the healthcare uh, market. And I think that makes sense. And, and doing good, doing right by the technology. And I, you know, is this the same technology that's powering, you know, the, the driverless car that's driving around Vegas right now? Because quite, it sounds very much like it. I mean, the, the camera yeah. that they have, obviously, it, it's, 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 um, it's got to be cloud-based, but it can process... Uh, and program to recognize a whole bunch of things, like including faces, including motion, color, light. It can actually, so if you think about somebody who's trying to walk, this is the example that I read, if you're thinking about somebody who's trying to walk across, uh, you know, uh, uh, somebody who is visually impaired trying to cross a street, they'll give kind of an auditory warning for the where to stop if they're close to the curb because they yep. understand what's going around them and then let the user know when it's safe to cross. And, you know, you can start to do a lot of these things. And remember there was that, uh, what was it, Google... Oh, is it Google Face? No, it wasn't Google Face. But they had a facial recognition software that uh, that that worked, and uh, they they would never release it. But maybe this is the best way to do it. They found a spot to to release this, and maybe this kind of allows us to embrace it a little bit more and yep. uh, and and get more comfortable with it for this notion. And I think that's we'll see where it goes, right? I mean, this it's not this is not a commercially available no, product no. by any means. Uh, it, it's it's still you know on the drawing board. Uh, they did file a patent in 2012 uh, for this. Um, so, so they, they, you know, obviously they understand how, how it could be done and how it should be done. Um, the, uh, you know, for me, I was reading another story this week about a, um, uh, the world's smallest magazine cover, uh, that was, uh, printed, uh, via some crazy 3d printer. Uh, and basically the thing, the things like, you know, um, you know, very, very detailed, like a full magazine cover, uh, and, and each item on the thing is like, you know, like a grain of salt, like it's so small. Um, and it's, it's amazing. And so you think about, for me, you know, when I, when I look at a story like this, you think about the ability, you know, for one day to be able to just, you know, 3D print your own contact lenses, <laughs> you know, at home. 
right? And, and things like that. And, 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 and that's really interesting, right? That, I mean, the ability to just make something like that, that you know, with that level of detail and engineering going into it. And, and obviously, that's the kind of technology. It's going to take 3D printing and things like that to make something like this, you know, contact lens. Well, I think uh, that would be fascinating to see. Um, and, and I think that the other uses of something like this, the technology around uh, security and homeland security and policing is very interesting as well. And, you know, I, 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 this is, they're creating the bionic eye. And, you know, there's a company in Ottawa that I have to draw attention to. It's, it's a company called eSight at eSight, eSightEyewear.com. That's eSight eyewear.com and they do this with a uh, but this is really their focus is on people with with really degenerative uh, uh, vision degenerative vision and, and it's a it's it's bigger than a google google glass right it's like a, a full-on yeah. uh, glass but it actually helps uh, augment their vision quite considerably and uh, this is an ottawa based company that's been doing this this is their entire focus on doing something like this and and what it requires for them to be able to do it and this is just i think a statement of where the technology is is a full-on huge piece of technology that goes onto your face um you know covers your eyes so i wonder how close if, if that's what they've been working on, and they've been funded very well to be able to do that, I wonder how close uh, Google is with this just a small piece of technology that covers your, uh, you know, your eyeball. Um, but nonetheless, this is a, an unbelievable thing. And I, I'm much more um, open to the idea of something like a contact lens than a Google Glass. Oh, I mean, right? I wear contact lenses yeah. as it is. So, I mean, you know, I would definitely try something like this. Yeah. Right, as opposed to throwing something on my face that you know just looks weird. Well, and 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 the way they do it is that because it's in your eye and and uh, it, it's it's motion sensitive, so you can it'll actually trace uh, you know it'll actually follow your eye around, and you don't have to activate it like you do like uh, okay okay glass, right? You don't have to yeah. you know initiate it. It does it by just quick movements and yeah. I mean, the, the, so the only thing with this, you know, ultimately if they can if they can create this kind of contact lens, um, you know, as a Google Glass replacement, if yes. you will. Um, you know, so the only thing that would, that would be needed, to, you know, sort of added to this is, you know, the audio piece would, is missing, obviously, right? Sure. So, you know, you would have to have some sort of, still have some sort of Bluetooth, you know, uh, earpiece or something. Um, That's just going to go right through the, right through your retina into your brain. Right, That's, yeah, right through, yeah. It's going to be like that in Google, and then when you're recording somebody through your, you know, your uh, your eye, your whole eye will glow red. This is going to be, this is just going to be it. It's, we're all going to be just part of Google's. Uh, you know, uh, droids, basically, that's what we'll be. There you go. All right, so those are the three stories. Uh, storefront, uh, Verizon, and Google. I don't even know what the Google Lens. Is that what they call it? Let's call it Google Lens. We'll call there it Google go. Lens. Ah, those, if you have any thoughts on that, fascinating stories. A lot of them around privacy, a lot of them around, can this technology actually augment something? Is that the real reason they're doing it, or are they doing it for ulterior motives? Who the heck knows? But uh, if you have any comments on those, please reach out to us, Rob at Untether.tv or Seif at TheLBMA.com. All right, I'm starting to fade, man. we got one last thing, and then I am actually probably going to fall asleep on my keyboard as I edit this. So we've got our resource of the week, which, uh, you know what? This is this is a pretty neat resource called Grand Street. Yeah, so I came, uh, came across this site. It was pointed out to me by uh, one of the companies whose product is, is featured on this uh, site. So this is, first of all, it's grandstreet.com. It's G-R-A-N-D-S-T.com is, uh, is the URL for this. And basically, it's titled, Hardware Has a New Home. So if you're looking for all the new coolest uh, gadgets, hardware, hardware devices out there, 
this is the place you want to go. And and you can go on here. Some of the stuff is is available now. Some of the stuff is coming, and you can pre-order it. Um, but uh, it was pointed out to me by a group called IoT Design Shop, one one of our great LBMA members. IoT being obviously Internet of Things, uh, and these guys build all kinds of crazy stuff, uh, including a Beacon development kit that uh, that's that's featured on here. So if you're trying to get into the Beacon space, these guys have a, a development kit um, that you can, you can buy on Grand Street. Uh, but there's all kinds of crazy stuff on here, Rob. Anything that jumped out at you that you, you like? No, I, I was just, before we started recording, I said, like, I'm going to reach out to all these guys, all the Internet of Things uh, companies, because it, it, it kind of reminds me of Kickstarter. But, uh, you know, this is this is the, the kind of equivalent, but it's one place to find all the hardware that you, you think you want or you don't know that you want. But eventually, if you just go through it very quickly... You will want it. What was the one that was up there? You said that there's there's a uh, jump. Yeah, there's jumper? this thing called Jumper. J U M P R. Your car's best friend. It's a. Well, I'll just read the description. A sleek, lightweight external battery that houses an impressive six thousand uh, megaamp battery pack. Um, so basically, you can jumpstart a car battery that's dead from this little uh, little USB based uh, battery pack device. Crazy. It looks about the size of a uh, of a smartphone. Crazy. That, that's cool. 69 bucks. $69. You can pre-order one. There you go. So go to Grand Street, grandst.com for a little bit more information and to see what's up there. And uh, yeah, very, 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 uh, I mean, I, I like this because it's 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 just, it reminds me of Kickstarter, but just hardware, very cool ideas. Grandstreet.com. All right. Are we done? Uh, just two quick things. Uh, events. We've got uh, two events coming up, or three events coming up I want to just quickly mention. Uh, so uh, on the 7th of May in New York, uh, we've got a, an event focused on the luxury retail market and how location ties into that. Go check it out. It's on our site uh, at the LBMA.com. So that's May 7th. Um, the same week, uh, from the 7th to the 9th, uh, you might, if you're in Atlanta, want to come down to BIA Kelsey's Leading and Local. Uh, event. I'll be down there uh, at the end of the week on the 9th uh, participating in that. So uh, great event there. Kelsey always puts on a good event. And then the following week, uh, I will be over in Madrid for the Solomo Summit, which is on the 13th. Uh, Going to be a really big event this year. This is the second year uh, we're doing this uh, out there. Uh, we're expecting about you know five, 600 people. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Amazing. Three events. Track a thief down. Hunt him down. Yeah. All right, but you know you know that we're going to be back here next week. Maybe not this same time. Maybe back to our usual time. But yeah. for episode number 180. 180. Like the countdown to 200 is on, man. We're, we're, we're yeah. We're, we're 20 weeks away from 200 episodes. It's insane. It's insane, Rob. What are we going to do? We're gonna start. We're gonna think of something big. 200 is you know way what? bigger than 100. You know what? Let's throw let's throw that out to the audience. If you think you got a great way that Rob and I should celebrate 200 episodes. Share that with us too. We'll, we'll try and incorporate it in. Naked LBMA news. Naked news? Yeah. No. I, no. 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 It's a little awkward. That's not going to happen. All right. All right. And okay. no, we're not going to do it in Google Glass. That's not. <laughs> no, that's not it. That's not, that's not an option. So, so those are two things that you can just scratch right off. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not that you wanted either of those, but I'm just putting that out there. There, we have boundaries. Anything else, you name it. You know how to reach us. Let us know what we should do for episode number 200. Maybe we should do some live guests, that kind of stuff as well. So we're going to organize this well. 200 is way bigger 
than 100. Trust me. It's way bigger. It's like twice as much. That's the logic. All right, All but right. in the in the interim, we'll be back next week for episode number 180. If you've got any feedback about this, please reach out. You know where to find us. But until then, folks, thank you for sticking around this long into the episode. Thank you for watching all 179 episodes because we know that you have. We love the fact that you do this each and every week with us. Please come back for episode number 180. And if you've got a little bit of extra cash, just reach into your pocket. See if there's any change jingling. Hit up patreon.com forward slash untether. Drop us a little, like a dollar a month. We'd be ecstatic. Bear hugs all the way. And I can never forget, I can never remember to push our own work. If you guys are interested in finding out what's in our minds up here and what comes out on paper, please go to peopleplacesmedia.com. Sign up for the mailing list and you will get the first chapter, which is coming soon, about screens. People Places Maybe even Media. this week. Oh no! Don't don't. That's not promise. No, no, no. That's not no, promise. That's not promise. I, I think I think two it weeks, might. three weeks away. Anytime soon, though. It'll drop, and you want to be on that list. Peopleplacesmedia.com. So please go do that. Patreon.com forward slash untether and peopleplacesmedia.com, and that's it. We'll see you next week for episode number right. one hundred and eighty. Thanks, Asif. Everybody have a great week. Bye.